0: Welcome back, everyone, to the Horror Shed Podcast. We are back. I am one of your hosts, Jared. Down below, we have the one and only South Jersey Jason. How are you doing? How guys? are you doing? I'm doing good. It's
1: hump day. Um, well, you know, I'm mourning Sinead O'Connor, as you have been reminded 37 times in the Facebook groups, has tragically passed away they haven't declared the cause, but given her past, I'm going to roll it a suicide. I mm. guess she lost her son 18 months ago. And in one year, she tried to commit suicide eight times. So
0: a little mental health issues, but that makes sense. Definitely makes yeah. sense. Sad, yeah. sad to hear it. It was tough yeah. names. young,
1: young, 56 years old. Uh, so I know, uh, Oppenheimer did you get a chance to see it
0: not yet not yet okay have you watched anything on the boob tube uh we've been, still been watching the wire keeping up with secret Invasion, horror um just the Exorcist trailer yeah what'd you think yeah I'm in I'm excited yeah. but I'm let not letting myself get too excited because yeah. it could easily let us down.
1: And it's Blumhouse and they let me down with the last two Halloween movies. And it's not, P- it's not rated R. I hate horror movies that aren't rated R. Uh, I, I did like how they were putting the, the little clips of tubular bells in uh-huh. here. And then when they had Ellen Burstyn come on, I got the chills. I felt the hair stand up. <laughs> um and I know it's a trilogy so I just hope Blumhouse doesn't let us down it's coming out this October I want to say it's either the 13th or the 20th I think it's the 13th 13th okay so yeah we'll see um I did get um I did watch The Burning in 4K I watched that over this weekend and uh it it you know because of the way the effects were you it, it held up you know how you can tell when like like in Friday the thirteenth, like when Kevin Bacon gets slit through a throat slit, you could see how cheesy it looks in 4K, but with the burning, you didn't have that problem. So and it's such a good movie. And I just went, I kind of went off. I haven't watched finished watching Secret Evasion since the 10 minutes into the second episode, but I hear it's like really good from you and from reading the uh headlines on facebook but i did watch a classic that i haven't seen in forever not horror it's comedy uh meatballs 2 oh very good yeah it was on freebie i'm like why not and i watched something else i just can't remember what else i watched on freebie it wasn't horror but i, I just can't remember um other than that let me tell you waxwork announced killer clowns from out of space vinyl they, were, they announced it sun saturday i ordered it sunday it came today <laughs> so uh i mean i like i like the movie it's not like one of my favorites but the i love the music and mm-hmm. the artwork on this vinyl is ridiculous that's like one of the reasons i got it and it's too too um what would you call that not this but vinyl uh out on records there you go they're both, they're both double-sided too so for 40 bucks you can't beat that you know nope um yeah other than that just you know we uh went to your house almost two weeks ago and we ate ribs till we passed out we shot some cool footage for night of terror and uh came out pretty good with your 4k camera
0: yeah it's getting there i mean couple lenses, couple filters, we might be right where we want to be. Yeah, definitely. Uh, and, you know,
1: we took a little break in between the Thank you to Rick Paulton from the whole damn enchilada for stepping in at last minute. Um, but we are back and we are going to finish the annual horror. The Lutzes
0: side now. Yeah, the actual horror part of this. So we know what we get to put back up. Ah, the, the bullshit
1: meter. The bullshit now, counter is back. For the viewers who are maybe newer to
0: us, do you believe in the horror, or do you think it's a hoax? That's a good question. Because we're st- even after this, we're still going to have questions. Okay. As sad as that is. But we're going to cover
1: this. I want to I wanna believe. My only thing is, to our knowledge... There hasn't been anything since nineteen seventy what, six, seventy-eight? Yeah. You rent it. So was it a hoax? I wanna believe it because I love that stuff. But it's been almost fifty years and there hasn't been anything reported.
0: Yeah. We'll see. We shall see. All right. Guys, one last thing before we hop into Amityville. If you're on an attraction, post your fucking schedules because you're killing me. You know when you're opening, update the website. Anyway, so we're going to head into Amityville Part 2, the Lutz family. In December in 1975, George and Kathy Lutz and their three children moved into the house at 112 Ocean Avenue in Amityville, New York. Less than four weeks later, on January 13th, 1976, they left the house with little more than the clothes on their backs and fled to Kathy's mother's home. They left the state shortly after neither George nor Kathy ever returned to 112 Ocean Avenue. That's true. The Lutzes were owners of a successful multi-generational family business, though they had put a great deal of their money into the house. They were not known to be in deep financial trouble, nor were they known to be storytellers, scam artists, or oddballs. They were by all accounts a normal young couple trying to raise their children, but soon after they fled, they sold their dream house, the house they had purchased just a month earlier, at a substantial loss. and had intermediaries, uh, people in the middle, sell virtually everything in the home at auction from a distance. Crazy. So So what do you make of that? They literally bought a house a year ago,
1: and they're already house hunting and get something that they can't afford. So right there, it tells me they made all this stuff up. What do you mean? And they couldn't. Okay, so they got it. You, okay, I'm sorry. I guess the dogs were barking in the background, and I had muted myself. So you said that they bought a house prior to this? No, no, no. Oh, I'm sorry. I thought that's what you said. Okay. Nope. So and so, just so people know, I believe the price of the house, if because I don't have the notes in front of me, I think, I think it's it was, deeper down. Okay, it's like $76,000 is what that house sold for because of what happened.
0: Now it goes for like $1.4 million. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) Yes, sir. All right, so let us meet the Lutz family. We have George Lutz. So here's the Lutz family. You can see that picture right there. George Lutz was born January 1st, 1947 and died May 8th, 2006, of heart disease. They did him good by casting James Brolin.
1: <laughs> yeah. Because I could see like uh, Jack Black,
0: Chris Farley. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, we have Kathy Lutz, born October 13th, 1946, and died August 17th, 2004. Mm. Then there's not a lot of information on the kids. No, so I, didn't, especially, I didn't.
1: Especially Missy.
0: Yeah. I didn't bother putting their dates because I'm pretty sure they're all still alive. So we have they Mel- are. Melissa Lutz, Daniel Lutz, and Christopher Lutz. So let's actually. Here's another image of George and Kathy in the very 70s gear. Oh, yeah. I want that polyester shirt. It's calling my name. Do you? Yeah, baby. All right. So we actually. Actually, have... if you grow your hair out a little bit, no, I think you could be. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we're going to do a quick interview with the Lutz family.
2: 13 minutes up right now, back in November 1975, six people uh, were killed in a an awful uh, mass murder. I knows? know, it, it's got to be awful, in a small town on Long Island. The town is called Amityville. The murders took place in this house. One year later, George and Kathleen Lutz bought the house and they moved... Into it with their three children. After living there for 28 days, they were convinced the house was possessed by some kind of uh, of evil force, and they left their belongings and they fled. And they were really terrified. The events that supposedly took place there during those 28 days have been uh, have been put down in a best-selling book. It's called The Amityville Horror, and there is now a movie out or about to come out of the book. George and Kathleen Lutz are with us this morning to talk about what happened during those 28 days in Amityville, and James Brolin, super. Young man, actor. Thank you. Yes, much pleasure. Good to see you again, Jim. You. He plays George Lutz in the movie, and Jim is with us this morning, and it's great seeing you again. Great and seeing you again. Lutz's good morning to you both. Good morning. All right, first of all, the book and the movie depict all these kind of weird, strange things that happened in the house during those 28 days when you were there. What kind of things, George, happened physically? What were some of the things that happened that scared you? Well, at first, just moving into the house was fine. It's a lovely house. Yeah and we enjoyed moving in.
3: Uh, within a week, Kathy's hand had been touched by something that we discussed and couldn't explain. It was just something unseen. Within
2: I mean, th- this is in the daylight or was it? Yes, it's- it was during the day. Right. Okay.
4: We also had uh, hordes of flies that would appear within two rooms and no matter how many times we would kill them, they would reappear.
2: All right Now flies can be a real problem in this part of the country, in the summer, True. in any house. You know.
4: But if you have two or three or four within one room, that could be commonplace. And but when you're win- talking over a well,
2: oh. oh, this was the winter. Yes. Uh-huh. And you're talking about how many?
4: Over a hundred flies at fly. one time. And then you'd go around and kill them. They'd be lying on the floor. You'd come back an hour later and they would be there. More of them.
2: Okay. There's something had. about green slime. What was that on the wall in the movie? This green slime comes out of the walls? Right. right. George, did that happen?
3: As the movie did it, not exactly, no. Yeah. It was more of uh, a gelatin kind of substance that we thought the children had somehow mixed something up and, and spilled it around the house. The okay. next time it happened, the kids were at school,
2: and there was just no way to explain how it got there. Did you all call a, you know, a contractor or a carpenter or anybody to come and look in a, and try to... We had sure.
4: several repairmen come in, uh, telephone repairmen came three times because each time we were trying to communicate with the priests we would run into faulty connections. Uh, we had extreme fluctuations in the heat, between 40 and 50 degree fluctuations, three times the serviceman came in. One time he was there, he heard the furnace functioning and yet there was no heat within the house. The temperature
2: was at 40, and yet thermostat read 80. Okay, but you had somebody inspect the entire heating system. Goodness knows, those of us who live in the north know what can happen with heating systems in a house, especially old houses. George, something about there was also something about black uh, in the toilets. The water black, and making the the ceramic, the bowls, or whatever black. China itself, it wasn't in the water.
3: The China itself turned black, and at mm-hmm. first it was one bathroom, and then another, and then another, so that by the time the investigators got there, a number of them were still black. You know, it was still that way. There was never any reasonable explanation. Did you have a plumber come in? I mean, when you first spotted no, there it, wasn't, it a... wasn't a problem with the water. The water it's... was clean. It pl- it was normal.
2: But did you invite any contractor, somebody like that, just to come say, hey, what's wrong with the toilets? No, because you didn't.
4: Yeah. One of the things we found was. The keyholes would ooze a black substance, which was of the same nature and appearance as that which was on the porcelain and the toilets. And when the investigative team came on March 6, 1976, Mm -hmm. the substance was still on the keyholes and they were able to obtain samples of it, because it was never in a moist... Condition. Uh, condition. Right. And they wouldn't do physical damage to the door. In other words, carve out a piece of wood without our consent.
2: Had either of you had any experience before with the occult yeah. or the supernatural ever before? We didn't believe in it. Or were you afraid for your children? Why didn't you leave earlier than the 28 days if you were terrified? Well, it was our house,
3: first of all. We, yeah. we had never intended to give it up. Even after we moved out, we intended to find out what was wrong and and move back in there. Mm-hmm. Um, That's why the investigation was held, and and people from different psychic research groups, that at least we could check their credentials, were called in and asked to to come in. We've been asked many times why we stayed so long. It's very hard to remember exact the exact emotions or the, yeah. the the moment why you would make a decision or why not but you finally did make it well out. by the time you we slept. left we had lost a considerable amount of weight kathy was passing out quite regularly i had lost over 26 pounds and we were
2: just reacting from one happening to another we weren't really so you were generally we sure thinking and... yes yeah as as we normally would jim you played george in the movie mm-hmm. and you did research this and worked on it and so forth you smiled do you believe them Do I? Yeah. When I'm sitting here with them, yes I do. And I've watched George,
3: and I've watched, uh, you know, you've been an actor, David, and you kind of know how to watch for telltale signs when you're doing research and watching to people, and we also... uh... Well, you get an insight. And I... I I can't say that, looking over the story, I I believe the book as it's presented totally. Mm -hmm. But uh, sitting with these people, it's... uh... It's hard to deny a lot of the facts, too. Jordan gave up a lot of money. Yeah, Were you more than I playing? think that he would make on the book.
0: All right, so quick little interview with the Lutz family sounds convincing. What's funny is both guys that played George Lutz believe the
5: story. You're muted.
1: Both guys, Ryan Reynolds and James Brolin? Yep. Well, they're just selling their work, I think.
0: That's fine. Just (laughs) saying. It's out there. All right. So we also have, let's see what's here. So this is from Seattle Times, Christopher Lutz, also known as Christopher Quarantino. Who I'm friends with on Facebook, I might add. And we have a little interview with him on here. As a child living in the house made famous by the Amityville Horror, he saw a menacing, shadowing figure approach him, and he remembers the night his bedroom window kept banging open and shut. But forget the green slime dripping from the walls, many of the events in the Amityville Horror books and movies were exaggerated to the point of fiction. Say, Christopher Quarantino, the only one of three children who lived in the allegedly haunted house to speak publicly about it. So far, there's been three representations of what happened in that house, Quarantino said, and not one of them, not the book, not the movie, nor the remake released last month is accurate. Quarantino was seven when his mother, Kathy Lutz, and her new husband moved to the family into Amityville, where Ronald DeFeo had killed six family members with a rifle that previous fall. The family moved out after 28 days. Now 37 and living in Scottsdale, Arizona, Quarantino maintains the haunting was not a hoax, but he insists his stepfather at the time, George Lutz, brought the troubles on himself by dabbling in the occult and then amplified what paranormal incidents did occur to profit off of books and movies about the house. He's a professional showman, in my opinion, Quarantino said to Lutz, whom he said he clashed with many times before leaving home at 16. I just felt like we were being exploited. Lutz sued his his former stepson in Nevada District Court in 2003 over what Quarantino said are allegations of trademark infringement and fraud relating to a future Amityville movie planned by Lutz. The case is open. A counterclaim filed by Quarantino was dismissed in January. So this was before they died. Lutz, 58, lived in Las Vegas, did not return calls seeking comment. He and Kathy Lutz, who died last year, divorced in 1988. Hmm. Quarantino's brother, Daniel Lutz, did not return a call seeking comment. His sister, Melissa, could not be located. According to Quarantino, when the family moved into the house in 1975, George Lutz was extremely curious of everything paranormal and tried to summon supernatural beings by chanting. I don't know that I'd call it black magic, but it was a way to call up spirits, he said. Some of the alleged incidents detailed in the Amityville Horror book, such as Unseen Forces Ripping the Door from Its Hinges, never occurred, Quarantino said. But he insists he did have run-ins with the paranormal, including the time he saw a presence as definite as a shadow in the shape of a man that moved towards him and then dissipated. Quarantino said he wants to set the record straight from Lutz's version. He points his finger at the house and says, there's something evil there, he said. Fingers should be pointed at what he had done. He's a perpetrator and an investigator. So let's take a look at his interview. You know it as the scary hit movie, The Amityville Horror, but he knows it as something else. Home. He lived there as a boy.
6: Were you scared living there?
1: Horror house or hoax. Inside Edition takes him back to the real house in Amityville.
6: It is one of the scariest horror movies to hit the screens, and now the remake of The Amityville Horror is getting big audiences at movie houses. But is Hollywood's treatment of what happened in that house in Amityville, anywhere close to what really happened. In an exclusive interview, Diane McInerney talked with the first time the man who grew up there and found out what he says is hoax and what really is horror. It's supposed to be based on a true story, a claim that's helped put the Amityville horror at the top of the movie charts. But we spoke to someone who says Hollywood's treatment of the whole Amityville case is horrifying.
3: I was absolutely disgusted with what I'm seeing.
6: Christopher Quarantino is in a position to judge. As a boy, he fled this house with his mom and adoptive father, Kathy and George Lutz, starting the whole Amityville saga. We went back to the home with Christopher, and in an exclusive first-ever interview, he blasted what he sees as the untruths in the movie.
4: The only thing
3: that they got right is that our family moved in that house, and we left.
6: This is the house in Amityville, Long Island that the horror movie is based on. As you can see, the infamous windows have been changed, and the home has gone through several owners since George Lutz and his family fled from here almost 30 years ago. Christopher Quarantino is the little boy in both the new movie version and the 1979 original starring James Brolin and Margot Kidder, but he says both movies are far from accurate. This scene, for instance, that didn't happen. Again
1: that's Hollywood portraying the story.
6: Or this one. Were there swarms of flies? It was
3: definitely a lot of flies, Not nothing again
4: like what Holly was portraying it.
6: Both so movies tell the story of murders that happened in the house before the Lutzes moved in. There was a
4: crime, a murder, in the house?
6: That part of the story is true. A man slaughtered his family, claiming spirits in the house told him to do it. The movie details how chilling events occur for the house's new occupants, the Lutz family. And although Christopher claims most of what happens in this movie is fiction, he says one scene does bear some similarity to life in the Amityville house. He says he did see a shadowy presence.
3: It looked as, you know, as large as a man and it was heading towards me.
6: Were you scared living there?
3: At times, for sure, yes, very.
6: Quarantino attributes much of the Amityville hype over the years to his adopted father. He claims Lutz exaggerated stories of the house being haunted to help write the book, which started the Amityville phenomenon. In fact, they're now suing each other. Maybe a judge can get to the bottom of what really happened in that house. Christopher Quarantino is planning his own documentary in which he says he will spell out what really did go on in the Amityville Horror House. By the way, the movie remake was number two at the box office this past weekend.
0: All right, so there's from Christopher Quarantino. I love how in
1: the remake they make it look a little bit bigger, like with that. Oh, um, it's, it's a Gino giant was. fucking house,
0: <laughs> in the remake. Like, yeah, they shot that, I believe it was in Canada. I looked it up. You know, because that thing. Yeah. All right. So now we jump into the Warren Files, Amityville. All right. So Georgia Kathleen Lutz bought the house for 80,000. So 79, 80,000. So a Catholic priest arrived while the Lutz family was unpacking to bless the family home. As the priest made his way upstairs to the second floor, entering the bedroom which had formerly belonged to Mark and John DeFeo, he began sprinkling holy water, at which point an unseen voice told the priest, Get Out. Which he has once did. but twice. Yep. <laughs> <sighs> so we all knew this is pretty much just running down the jody the sweats all that we we're not gonna go into the movie we've all seen the movie
1: oh, But can we talk about like amityville karen or amityville nope. in space nope. or amityville
0: backpack <laughs> amityville dollhouse i'm good all right so the warrens investigate 20 days after the lutz has fled paranormal investigators ed and lorraine warren were called in by marvin scott a news reporter with Channel 5 New York who had covered the Amityville story and worked on a prior investigation with the Warrens. A team of reporters, investigators, and parapsychologists were assembled by Ed Warren and met at the home at 112 Ocean Avenue. The Lutz family refused to re-enter the home during the investigation. Actually, George Lutz wouldn't even go on the street. He made them come to him at a pizza shop.
1: It's funny how, like, if it's true that he was dabbling in the occult, like why wouldn't he go back in the house if he was all about that life
0: right you know plus he's not the only dude to go towards a cult in that house because there's rumors of uh big ronnie and yep. butch so mm-hmm. uh, all right so i'm gonna start these uh warren videos because i don't want to double read what they're about to say so here mm-hmm. is the introduction First off, I want to show this awesome picture of Lorraine. I don't know what the fuck she's doing. Maybe she's hugging the ghost.
1: <laughs>
0: All right. It's the Smurl ghost. Came to visit her. Oh, yeah. She's riding her.
1: She's riding her. She's getting it. Getting it. And, you know, real quick, that Smurl video, over a thousand
0: views I saw. Uh, yep. The people awesome. like the demon sex. Yeah. People like the demon rape. All right. So let's hit it off with the first video. Tonight we're going to be speaking about...
3: One of the most horrific cases that the Warrens have ever investigated, the Amityville Horror. Now, Ed, can you tell me how you and Lorraine got involved in the Amityville Horror?
5: Well, it was Marvin Scott from Channel 5 news team. He was the anchor man at the time. And uh, he had been involved with a haunting that we had investigated in Bloomfield, New Jersey. And he was impressed by this. So he gave us a ring and he said... Um, We'd like you to come down and see what's going on in Amityville, Long Island. Now, this was not the Amityville horror case at that time, you understand. Mm-hmm. This was just another haunted house, and we didn't even realize that six people had been murdered in that house of the Fail family. So we said, sure, we'd, we'd come down there, and we did. And that was the beginning of an adventure which we'll never forget, a supernatural adventure. Mm-hmm. Uh, when we went into the house that day, we didn't realize that it was diabolically infested. And on a scale of one to 10, I would have to say that Ambeville was a 10. I want to make it clear at the beginning of this program that Lorraine and I do not back up the movie or the book. Mm-hmm. It was much more horrific than either. You didn't have to take a literary license and a book or dramatic license in a movie. This case had everything. It had the monstrosities of the night which roamed that house, which infested it, which caused a young man to murder his whole family. Ronald DeFeo is now serving a uh, six uh, consecutive life sentences mm-hmm. at Danamore Prison. But you know, Amityville Horror goes way back before the Lutz family, who moved in there and bought the house later, mm-hmm. and were, fled 28 days later. It goes back six months before the DeFeos were murdered. Mr. DeFeo, mm-hmm went up to Montreal, Canada. He went to a shrine where many miracles had occurred. A lot of people don't know this. He went to that shrine and he brought back from there a priest, an exorcist, who said masses in the house. Why? If this was a hoax that was created by the Lutz family, why six months before this man was murdered and his family was an exorcist in that house?
0: all right we got some in the chat good the evening from norway how are you guys yeah, that we're, from we're norway. international wow thanks <laughs> for stopping by i like yeah. the idea of ghosts the level of energy that is needed to manifest the ghost is interesting it is thanks for the follow yeah. polar nights i so appreciate it yes and you can also find us
1: on youtube if you're new to uh join in the chat you can find us at the horror shed podcast we uh we're finishing off the Warren Files with the infamous Avenueville Horror. If you have any interesting ghost stories that we could talk about from Norway, please share and we'll look them up and, and gladly uh, talk about them. All right. So that was Ed starting off about the Lutz. I'm the Is it Lutz me family. or does Lorraine look the same age? Like if, if it's in the 70s,
0: 80s yeah. or 2000s. <laughs> yep. I'm going to read a little further. Thanks, sir. Uh, thank you. Make sure you subscribe. we uh, we got some cool stuff on there and some more uh, filming locations to come. Alright. During the investigation, Ed was physically pushed to the floor while using some religious provo- provocation in the basement. Lorraine was also overwhelmed by the sense of a demonic presence and was plagued by her psychic impressions of the DeFeo family's bodies laid along the floor covered in white sheets and a sense of physically being pushed back. The research team also captured an image of Spirit that appeared as a little boy appearing from the second floor. Let's get into that now. Alright, so here is the the famous ghost image.
5: As you can see in the left corner,
1: about maybe three and a half foot tall. Do you have one that's kind of uh, zoomed in yep. a little bit, or now
0: you do. Okay, I wanted the original. Mm-hmm. Then we have that one that's fully zoomed in. Look at the haircut. It kind of looks like he's wearing glasses, too. Nah, it's the white of the lights of the
1: eyes. Oh, uh, because like if you look at the, like on the left hand side, close to the trim of the door, or the right hand, or right, his left. It looks like an outline of glasses, like above the cheek area. Yeah, maybe. And you can't really make out the shirt he's wearing, because in that documentary that we watched on
0: MGM... It's not a fucking flannel. You can see the shirt to the left in between the though. It's not a flannel. Yeah. You'd be able to tell that. So
1: what the documentary is saying is that's another, I guess, cameraman when they were doing um the seances and whatnot in there and now mind you the cameraman is probably in his 20s this looks younger but the documentary has a picture of the cameraman and the flannel he was wearing did a side-by-side and said that they matched the patterns quote unquote i like to believe
0: it is a ghost
1: but then you also have
0: here's my evidence to go further do you have a picture of the cameraman? No, that you can't find it anywhere. Hmm, mm. this is weird. Right there, same haircut, same jaw structure. Even by the head, see the right side of his uh, left eye. Even with that,
1: yeah. And who is this? I'm sorry, in the photo,
0: that is Mark. Mark. Okay. Yeah,
1: Mark DeFeo. Well, Congratulations to Polar Knights. Uh, his mother-in-law got COVID. She can't visit for 14 days. Huge win. Well, okay. there you go. Yeah. So, you know, everyone's debunked this photo that it's the cameraman. Um, now, if it's the cameraman, he would have to be standing on his knees. Maybe even hunched down a little bit. Mm -hmm. Um, But seeing that photo that you just showed, the comparison of the haircut.
0: Okay. Yeah, it's not that Xenomorph MGM (laughs) Plus cameraman guy. All right, so this is also from the Warrens, which doesn't make fucking sense. So this will be our first bullshit. Okay. The land was also found to be used by John Ketchum. John Ketchum was a practicing black magician and had a college on the land prior to the construct of the Dutch Colonial in 1924. John requested that his remains be buried on that property and they remain there till this day. The Shinnecock Indians also at one time had an enclosure on this land that was used to house the sick and the mad. Those in this enclosure were left to die. The Warrens believed that the suffering there had left the property with a very negative energy and dark history and that such a negative history was a magnet for demonic spirits and the pre-na... pre... whatever, the paranormal. Uh, the Warrens believe these energies directly impacted the lives of both the DeFeos and the Lutzes. The Warrens retrieved a handful of the Lutzes' earthly possessions and deed for the property. The Lutzes sold. The rest of their belongings Relocated to California.
7: Alright, so... Let's go into video two of the Warrens, right? But I have to say this. The Amityville case affected our personal lives more than any case we ever worked on. Really? It well, Yes. Uh What way? Well, it was to follow us home the very first day. The very first night that Ed and I went to that home, it was the middle of the night when we came home. And I had contacted many priests I was fearful, but Tony I didn't know what I was fearful of. I mean it was just another case. It wasn't the Amityville horror. So I really didn't know what I was so fearful of. Yeah. But on the other hand, I took with me a relic of a very pious priest and I asked many clergy of different faiths to enter that home with us in spirit and to, you know, their their prayers to protect us.
4: Mm-hmm.
7: But when we arrived back at our home, about 2, 3 o'clock in the morning, Ed took his briefcase and things that he had with him, and he brought them down to his office. Now, I got in bed, and I took a book to bed with me on the life of Padre Pio, the priest whose relic I carry, a man who I have tremendous devotion to, mm-hmm. a very holy and pious ma- uh, monk priest from italy giovanni returned to italy and something about that cheerful room wasn't so cheerful anymore
0: this wasn't cheerful anymore
1: all right so as i'm looking at tony spiro who could play him in a movie mm-hmm. right now jonah hill yeah you said that yeah
0: did i oh okay i like okay. it no that's yeah. fine all right, let's get into the next movie. We've got some movies to catch up on. When we went into the house, Tony, Lorraine went with the camera crew, and
5: you'll see the pictures coming up now. If we can show a picture of the Amityville home as it was, and then you'll see the interior of the house and where I had a terrible experience down in the basement. hmm And uh, what had occurred was, as a religious demonologist, I do carry a crucifix, I carry holy water. Right. These are the weapons of Catholicism where the diabolical are concerned. Mm-hmm. And it's my intention to go into a home like that and to provoke what's there. Mm-hmm. Because I'm not a clairvoyant. I can't see Claire visually or hear Claire audiently. I must provoke what's there. Okay, what are we looking now, this, at here? This, of course, right? is the sign of Amityville here, <coughs> That's which actually means uh, a friendly village. Oh, boy. But uh, unfortunately, uh, it wasn't too friendly after a while. If uh-huh. we can see the next picture now of the house,
3: okay. and you'll
5: see the home as it was, when we investigated it, you know, they've changed uh, the architecture of the home, the design of it, taking the windows out, changed mm-hmm. the numbers and everything. And I don't blame them because of the vandals.
7: Yes. Uh-huh. Oh, well, uh, we don't blame so them In other words, all. people
3: wouldn't even recognize yeah. it today, huh?
5: Mm-hmm. Now, in the book, it, it tells about uh, the well being inside the house. There's the well you see right there at the right, corner.
3: Right in the front there?
5: Right mm-hmm. in the front there.
7: That's it, okay. And
5: that doorway was the doorway that uh, George Lutz said had been ripped open one night. Uh that's right in the front there and we could see uh, markings and so forth on the door but remember when he made statements like um, we walked up the staircase and this is the way they put it in the book we walked up the staircase and suddenly the banister exploded before our very eyes Uh well when we went into that house there was no banister that exploded what they should have said was as they walked up the staircase, the banister suddenly exploded through telepathic hypnosis. Okay. In other words, if we were in a haunted house right now, Tony, we might see that table explode. And yet, a couple of minutes later, it would be fully intact. Mm-hmm. It was a telepathic projection to us, okay. bypassing the physical eye and going into the mind's eye or the third eye. I but see. they didn't explain that. OK. If we could have that next slide, uh, and Ed will explain, and Lorraine will explain okay.
3: exactly what we're looking at
5: here. That would.
3: Be As good. we go through the
7: slides, Okay, here's the boathouse. That's the rear of the Amityville home. Mm-hmm. And as you can see, this is extremely valuable property. Believe it or not, that home, Tony, was sold for $50,000 to this family. Now, you're looking at the boathouse right on the Amityville River, and up in the back is is the house itself. Yeah, but that this is, is the where the Shinnecock Indians
5: had an enclosure. Yes. Mm-hmm. That's where it all started, with the Shinnecock Indians. They had an enclosure right there where they put the sick, the mad, and the dying. Uh Demonic spirits, evil spirits, Mm -hmm. are drawn to the sufferings of human beings. And this already had an aura of disaster about it.
7: Now, Mm -hmm. in the background there, that is the back of the Amityville home.
5: The white building. The the white building, yes. If we can see the next picture.
7: uh, the, um, The next picture I believe is going to go into some of the interior shot no this, no, is, this, this is John Ketchum this is a statue of John Without Ketchum a head. well John Ketchum John all <laughs> uh, right t- 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 uh, John Ketchum was the man who built a small cottage right there where the Amityville home is at the present time and After his or prior to his death Mm -hmm. he had said that he wanted to be buried on that land now He was ousted from Salem for his Mm -hmm. witchcraft practices So he didn't have exactly a good track record now people that purchased the property after his death Claimed that haunting phenomena occurred there Mm -hmm. now It was moved Tony it was moved to a location a couple of blocks away and the thing is that Amityville Home was built there in 1928, and no family that ever lived in that home was ever a happy family.
0: Yeah, the monitor. Uh...
7: All
0: right, so you got your bullshit meter ready. I got my bullshit yeah. meter ready. Let's go into this. So the railings exploded in his mind, but the psych—the guy who's not psychic and has said he's not fucking psychic. Ed Warren said there was no Bannister, but then there was a Bannister. Here, asshole, there's two.
1: <laughs>
0: one for you, one for the wife.
1: All right, if he was still alive today to play an older Ed Warren, Paul Servino.
0: <laughs> nah, Paul is too good.
1: Okay, how about, okay, I forget his name, he's a character actor, but do you remember the, the Godzilla with Matthew Broderick? Yes. The guy who played the mayor of New York. He was like a short, frumpy guy of gray hair. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I like it. I like it.
0: All right, but we're not done with the bullshit meter. First, let me erase that uh, video so I don't replay it. That was polar, video. Polar f- was that video now, of four? Oh, I
1: don't know. Uh, three, One, two, four, yeah. Um, Polar Knights had said, I want to. Have with the warrens were smoking
0: <laughs> yeah well we're not done with that one all right so this is for telling us it was the back of the house because we didn't fucking know that already not once but twice in case yeah. you
1: miss it the first time so
0: we're gonna we're gonna hit you again lorraine sorry because you're an idiot hey do I, you think
1: that you think we'll be able to find that statue
0: i mean the catch I mean, statue maybe yeah probably not because here's the deal about fucking catch-em and it, might as well click this right now. Catchum was never from Salem. I have the true story about Ketchum. Catchum never lived here. There was no Ketchum on property. And another one? Here. No Shinnecock Indian village either, fuckers! So that statue was just some random statue. There's a Ketchum, Ketchum family that had to do with it, but the completely the different John Catchums. Yep. Okay. Alright, so... they will give her another one because I'm pissed off now. Let's go. (laughs) Alright. So here's the story the Warrens and Jay Anson came up with about Ketchum. Which is exactly what they just said, so there's no place to go. But, according to RootsWeb.com, in 1622, a man named John Ketchum was born in England. He was the second of four children belonging to Edward Ketchum and Mary Hall. The family immigrated to Ipswich, Massachusetts, when he was about 20 years old. He visited Salem, where he was made free via Salem's court system. It would seem he arrived here as an indentured servant. In 1646, he married. One year later, he purchased a plot of land from his father-in-law. One year after that, he became a res- representative of of ipswich to the massachusetts bay general court at boston this particular john katcham is not known to have any links to witchcraft Hmm.
1: and i thought the house itself was older than
0: 1926. it is it's 1924. okay, okay so two years so she was wrong again i know while the katcham family did own land in Abneyville. And there is a Ketchum, Ave, Ketchum Avenue in town. Everything says that a direct link to 112 Ocean Avenue isn't possible. So there's no Catchem. I have a couple years of its last being sold. I don't think it's intact, but it's what I could find. It was pre internet, they could say whatever they wanted on TV. Yeah, that's true. Yep. So March sixteenth, twenty seventeen, it sold for six hundred and five thousand. February 9th, twenty seventeen, sold for six hundred and five thousand. June second, twenty sixteen, listed at eight hundred and fifty thousand. September twenty first, twenty ten, sold for nine hundred and fifty thousand. Uh, May 24th, 2010, it's listed for 1.15 million dollars. In uh-huh. June 17th, 1997, it sold for 310,000. On September 10th, 1987, it sold for 325,000. That's the last public record I could find. I'm sure they covered a lot of that up.
1: Yeah, so I wonder how much of the Cromarties were the first family after the Lutz to move in.
0: So if so, that's if that's their record, they stayed nine years, right? But so, who knows how far that shit even goes back?
1: Yeah. So I wonder how much they bought it for. If the less bought it for eighty thousand, they had to buy it for right around that much. I bet you. Oh, probably they, less. <laughs> okay, so we'll say we'll say seventy. Yeah. Nice. And if they stay there until the. The, the nine-year one you have. So they that's made, a pretty good
0: markup. Yeah, it made 250000 a good markup. All right, so let's continue with our video here. Uh, if this is the wrong video, I'll be right back. Damn. I went in that house. I went downstairs yeah.
5: into the basement. I used a religious provocation. I ordered in the name of Jesus Christ what was there. I commanded it in that name of Christ to reveal its identity. Within seconds, seconds mm-hmm. I could feel what I can only describe as being under a waterfall pressure, pushing me down to the floor. Then I could feel hundreds of pinpoints of electricity hitting my body. And then as though they took a hot towel, wet towel, and dropped it right over my face. I couldn't breathe. That's the experience I had. And I went into what we call religious resistance. Mm -hmm. I then envisioned myself in a Christ light as a Christian, as a Catholic. And I again commanded it to leave in the name of Jesus Christ. It immediately lifted off. Mm -hmm. I knew right at that point what we were dealing with. And I said to myself, I don't think I'll ever come back in this house again because I felt that a house isn't worth a person's life.
7: Now, this is during the period of time, Tony, what you're looking at, that I was asked if I would try to communicate something that was so dangerous for me to do. Okay. So who's the gentleman in the middle? That's Dr. Brian Riley, a parapsychologist from England mm-hmm. and a very good friend of ours, and that's Marvin Scott.
3: Were there any other doctors or any other professionals in the house? <laughs> Dr. Yes. Alex Tanis? Dr., uh,
7: uh, Dr., uh, Brian Ry- uh, Dr. Brian Riley, Dr. Alex Tanis, Dr. Uh, oh, um, Carlos Osis Carlos was also in the home mm. that night. There were many professional people in that home that night, Tony, given their evaluation. This is a
5: picture of evaluation. the camera crew uh, Focusing in on Lorraine as she's coming up the stairs. That's infrared.
7: That's an infrared shot? Yes, it is infrared, yes. This
5: next shot will show Lorraine on a staircase where she was already picking up what I was experiencing downstairs. Mm -hmm. If we can see that next picture. Okay, next one's
3: coming up.
7: Okay, now Tony, when Ed tells you about going down into the basement area, him and I separated at this point, and I'm going up the stairs. I don't realize that he is not behind me. Mm-hmm. And as I'm going up the stairs, Tony, it was the the worst feeling. It was like I was going against a tremendous pressure that was on my body. I stopped on the landing mm-hmm. and held tight to the relic that was in my hand and asked for for strength and direction in going forward. And it seemed like my prayers were answered. And at that point, I continued on up the few stairs and turned immediately to my left, mm-hmm. went into what was then known as the sewing room. OK, I think and that
3: shot's coming up.
7: Right there, Tony, yes. And I stood in the middle of the room. I looked at Marvin Scott, and mm-hmm. I said, i hope this is as close to hell as i'll ever get Mm -hmm. this
5: is the room where the priest heard the voice tell him to get out where they seen the hundreds of flies and even though i'm not a clairvoyant i'm not a sensitive when i walked into that room i could feel it Mm -hmm. now you notice that in all these pictures everything is there ironing boards curtains dishes uh expensive furniture Uh, You'll see uh, the clothing of the children, their toys that they left behind. Now,
7: believe it or not, Tony, that is the bed that Mr. and Mrs. DeFeo were shot to death in. You're kidding. No, a lot of the furnishings in that home were from the DeFeo estate.
0: That's true
1: and horrifying. And why don't they have a box spring on that bed? Why is it so low to the
0: ground? (laughs) They spent all their money on the house, bro.
1: true uh so polar knights said uh i like how he said uh the ghost is pre-christian and pre-english he said native of indian they would not understand the concept of god as we see it true it's true uh i get why she would see a sewing room as hell that woman had never used (laughs) Mm -hmm. we like you polar knights i
0: like it that's funny all right so not a lot of bullshit in there that we can prove so we will continue
5: Okay, uh, in the beginning, uh, George and Kathy would feel the psychic cold throughout all the rooms. No matter how many logs they'd throw on a fire, it was icy cold. That's because it's a psychic cold, and the cold is being drawn. Uh, The heat from the bodies of the people in that house is being drawn, and that heat is going to be used as an energy fuel source for the spirits in that house. So they'd feel the psychic cold. They'd hear magic whispering voices throughout the hallways Uh, at night uh, they would see ghost lights over their beds in the rooms there was a time when George and Kathy found themselves about two foot from the ceiling George looked over at Kathy and said do you believe this do you believe it and of course then they went lower themselves down into the bed again but there would be the footsteps Uh, there would be the um, slime that they would find on the staircase now, these are called apports. Mm-hmm. These materialize or dematerialize in such wanted houses. For instance, uh, in many homes that we go into, we will find that uh, you might see blood, as they did, coming down the wall. But if you went over there and touched that wall, there'd be no blood. This is a telepathic projection to the viewer, and it bypasses the physical eye, goes into the mind's eye, and they see it as a medium would see it. Uh, There was the marching uh, band, as they described it, around 3.15 in the morning when the murders had taken place. A lot of things would happen at around 3 o'clock. We call this the devil's hour Mm -hmm. because it's an insult to the Trinity, anything that comes in threes. Uh, They would hear this marching band. George would jump out of bed. He'd go running down the stairs. As soon as he'd get down to the foyer, the music would stop. But he'd look into the living room, that huge living room, Mm -hmm. which you'll see a picture of, and... The rugs were actually rolled up and the furniture was pushed over to the sides of the walls as though somebody were actually marching there. Uh, There were so much different types of phenomena that occurred to us and the people that went in there. It was incredible. I told you about the experience last week of where I felt as I was being smothered. Mm -hmm. Uh, Going into that home again, uh, Lorraine felt many things. She, as a clairvoyant, would be more sensitive. Mary Pascarella who was uh, the director of the Psychic Research Institute in Hampton, Connecticut, never went into a haunted house after that. She gave up the work because she was so badly affected by it. The cameraman uh, that went in there with Channel 5 news team uh, had heart palpitations. These guys, they were in battles in World War II. Of course it bothered them but never as much as going into that house there. Well, it was the physical
7: effects on their body, Tony, Mm -hmm. that was bothering them. And then one of the scientists that had come up uh, from Duke University, he became so terrified in this home. And the chair that he was sitting on actually went right backwards with him in it. They had a real hard time just stabilizing him emotionally in that home mm-hmm. but it seemed like and it's true to the fact that people are affected on their weakest most vulnerable levels and i think many times people of science go into a home like this not really expecting to be affected personally
0: mm. oh my god thank god we only have two more of those left <laughs>
7: oh.
0: I want to be mad and happy when this Warren file shit's over. All right. So yeah. Polar Knight says, no, 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 man. The cold come from the ice cream next to you. The host has the look when I spot bullshit. Well, I'll tell you what, Polar Knights, that host is bigger bullshitter than both of them combined. He's, if you don't know, he
1: is the son-in-law of the Warrens. So, and he basically takes their name now and makes money off of it.
0: Yep. Their uh, New England research website is now com. How fucking dare you? <laughs> but we'll continue. Um, so basically, everything's fucking happened to these investigators in here, and everyone's a doctor, and let's go. We're going to see. I think We're this, is, a, this is an
5: astonishing picture, in fact. Yes, with infrared film. Oh, yes. And it's in the upstairs bedrooms, just to the left there. You see what looks like a small boy's face looking out with bioluminescent eyes. This was the room of one of the young boys who was murdered there. Isn't that eerie? a lot of people would say, well, is that the spirit of the young boy? No, it is not the spirit of the young boy. But it is a diabolical spirit with luminescent eyes that appears in that home (laughs) to confuse the investigators. You think that is an evil spirit, Ed? Positively. Everything about this house was evil. You know, a lot of people say, well, you know, I was in that house one time and nothing ever happened to me. It's not that a house is haunted 24 hours a day. You don't walk into a haunted house and see ghosts floating all over the place. Mm -hmm. After 9 o'clock, the psychic hours start, 9 to 6 in the morning.
0: Mm -hmm. 9
5: o'clock, the energy starts to build up because of the darkness. Mm -hmm. Then you start to get what we call the infestation in a house like Amityville. First, you hear the little knockings, the rappings. Then you might hear pounding sounds. Then you might hear crying or sobbing, uh, hysterical laughter. These are the types of things that actually happen in these homes. Mm -hmm. But pictures like this taken with infrared film, the camera is neither for nor against the supernatural or natural world. It only takes what it sees. Mm -hmm. And what it sees here is a spirit of a diabolical nature in that room.
0: (laughs) Okay.
1: I like how sorry to cut you off. Go for it. I I like how if you're a um uh what did he say? Uh you have psychic abilities, they only work from the hours of 9 p.m. to six a.m.
0: Well here's my deal too, (laughs) and this is why we're gonna hit this bullshit meter once I find it. Um What about daylight savings time? What about eastern Pacific (laughs) Coast time? Like what what? What? And three o'clock is the witching hour. It's not because Ronnie DeFeo killed them all at three o'clock. But there's right. another one, dickhead. I'm mm-hmm. not even a fucking. Well, I kind of am. But this guy is pissing me off. What else do we have? Yeah. Um. The kid's diabolical because his eyes are white because it's an infrared camera. You fucking idiot. <laughs> oh, there's another one, dick face. I'm glad he's gone. All right, let's get this last video out of the way so our fucking blood pressure can come back down. So you would
3: consider the Amityville Horror one of your oh yeah worst cases? Definitely.
7: ever? definitely.
0: Yeah,
5: it is. I don't think there's worst. any place that you could go in our civilized world and somebody hasn't heard of that of the Amityville Horror. Right. The only ones that try to say that it's a hoax are the atheists, uh, people who have an axe to grind, mm-hmm. but people who understand the area. Of demonology and theology, know that there are many Amityville horrors out there and that people have investigated them and will continue to investigate such cases for many, many years
0: to come. Mm-hmm. All right. So that was a good wrap up right there. Um, so we'll go into our final thoughts about Amityville. Brian, you're up. I'm still on the fence. I wanna believe.
1: But, you know, the more and more you hear about, you know, like Christopher Quarantino on the latest um uh documentary talking about how George was into the paranormal and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, he's he said things went on, but then you have his brother Daniel. If you watch his documentary, uh, I mean, he had a really good connection with. Lorraine Warren so I think he might have been brainwashed by her a little bit but he does admit that George was abusive and you know um, did some things happen I want to say mostly related to the murders I think because of the bad energy but then you later find out that George was all about the money in the end so but he didn't make a lot of money off it he didn't make a lot, but he was like the Gene Simmons of the Amityville no. Horror House. He was trying every which way possible to make a buck off of it, um, but was so scared to be in the house again. Like, So I'm like kind of teetering, I want to believe, but the fact that there hasn't been anything for 50 years. That we know of. That we know of. That's why I'm more interested in the murders and the horror aspect.
0: Yeah, I don't give a shit about the Lutz story. Um, I think the house is haunted as fuck, to mm-hmm. be straight up with you, because A, how do you not hear the gunshots? Yeah. That's always going to stick with me until me and you can walk in those doors and I can fire four shots in the master bedroom and then a shot in every other bedroom mm-hmm. with you down the street telling me if you can fucking hear it. If you can hear it, something fucking weird happened that night. 'Cause the, these these yeah. houses aren't far apart. I no. mean you, you saw in the one video like how
1: I mean in the movie it makes it look far apart because I right. think just, just in because, Tom's River it is far yeah. apart. Yeah. But I mean you saw the driveway and then you saw the like I think the fence of the next house. So um maybe Ronnie was possessed by whatever was in that house and maybe it had enough energy to
0: muffle things. See like that I'm Cause I don't know, man. Um, it's wondered me for decades. Yeah. It's not really the horror story. I don't give a shit about what Jay Answer wrote or what William fucking fuckhead wanted to write and what uh, crack pipe smoking Ronnie DeFeo had to say. <laughs> but there's there's still a lot of shit that's not answered, and yeah. I think it's very interesting. You know damn well Zach Baggins has offered a bag of cash to get in there. Oh you know I'm sure. Taps has offered a bag of cash to get in there.
1: And it's probably the homeowners not declining him, it's the the city.
0: Right. They might have a contract with the city. Yeah. But why would you have a contract with the city?
1: Yeah. Weird Hiding some things. Yeah. Right.
0: Why is the historical society never anywhere for commenting in the last fifty years? I mean it's just it's just weird 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 integers that just yeah. have bothered me for years. I don't give a fuck about what the Warrens had to say. They're idiots. I don't care what you know the Lutzes had to say because you know weird shit happens. But whatever. It's to me it's that amount of killing can create something dark, but mm-hmm. it sounded like spirit possession sounds like a skinwalker. And eh, not really. Skinwalkers are more like a cryptid idea. Yeah.
1: um, You know, I just wish like Missy Lutz would come out of hiding and tell her story and see if it matches up with one of the brothers. Oh, is she like five or six then? Yeah, but I mean, she had a friend named Jody.
3: <laughs> well it was Jay Answer
1: said she had a friend named Jody. Yeah. I mean, you know, I just this, this woman's off the grid. She probably changed her name like Christopher Lutz did. So Oh, but, you'd be uh, like a possession polar nights. What oh gotcha, yeah, possession, yeah. Um yeah, so you know, unfortunately we will
0: never know. No, I'm not saying never. Bring the Maybe horror shed Art. podcast. <laughs> To Amityville. I yeah. need... I need 10 minutes. Just give me 10 minutes. Yeah, I will not touch a single drape in your house. Just give me 10 minutes. All I want to do is fire a gun.
1: Maybe not in our lifetime. Maybe it's like the JFK files where they had to wait like 60 years before they started releasing. Yeah, they released it. Yeah, half of it. <laughs> yeah. Um, But like we have always said, man if that became an airbnb holy crap you could charge whatever you want and people
0: will find a way to pay for it they will you'll be sold out bigger than the scream house sold out or buffalo bills yeah yeah i mean i would love to turn it into a haunt imagine doing a walkthrough through the fucking amityville house
1: dude and like it'd be like the spirits are uh taking over like an
0: animatronic Uh (laughs) uh-huh Dude, in I'm telling you, <laughs> I can fucking i I'd make billions if they let me open a haunt in there. Uh
1: yeah, but I would rather restore it to the way it did in 1975 and turn it into an Airbnb. Yep, I'd blow out those windows and put it back. Mm-hmm.
0: You got it, and put up the sign, the high hope sign. Yeah, and just like the Tom's River House fucked up, you should have left that alone too. Yeah, because that could have been an Airbnb too. Like, yep. you know they sold the Olympic, the sister ship to the Titanic, in the 70s for steel? You had an it exact duplicate wow. of the most legendary shipwreck of all time, and you fucking trashed it? I would have put whatever, because oh. it would have been the ultimate museum. Yeah. Yeah. I would have made well, it. they
1: weren't. But, yeah, they weren't. Th- I mean, if yeah, they weren't thinking of that then, you know? Like, they because really up until the discovery of the titanic 85 yeah people really didn't what year was this old 70s yeah see people really didn't so they missed the that shit by 15 years 15 years it'd, yeah it'd be a big difference if it was 15 years later
0: yeah but unfortunately... the, the titanic was more luxurious but i would have put that I would have duplicated the Titanic in the Olympic, and we and
1: Ballard <sighs> Ballard found the Titanic by accident. He was on a secret mission. No, no, for no, no, the, no, 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 no. What,
0: what happened was he was on a secret mission for those subs. He found he it. He wanted. He found yeah, it he, in a day, and it's like let's go look for Titanic.
1: Yeah, I guess they said yeah. I guess they wanted him to fund that project, so yeah. he killed two birds with
0: one stone.
1: Yep. Yeah, so. Talk about and that's funny. I, I didn't hear about that until recently. The secret mission. So yeah, I think that cool.
0: that only broke after I think he told Cameron that after he made Titanic. Gotcha. Because the government would have been kind of pissed.
1: <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, you know, Jared, this has been a great gosh six weeks. I think maybe yeah. Close to so it. So
0: what I want to do is do a final thoughts episode of everything we covered. Okay. So I think we should go back, watch what we did, or listen in the car or whatever, mm-hmm. and then go through every one. It, won't, it probably won't reach an hour, but give yeah. our final thoughts on what we think happened. Okay, sounds good. And then we can talk more about Abneyville, because I'm sure we fucking will, because it is <laughs> what it is. Well, I mean, are we going
1: to officially announce our next filming location? Oh, we no. Have... No? Okay. Not tour editing. Okay, gotcha, gotcha all right sounds good and uh, you know that kind of works
0: out with the next one too
1: yeah <laughs> polar nights. i love i hope you're joking i want to be a rich man to go down to the titanic and bring my only son down and look at it <laughs> <laughs> well don't go um uh <laughs> ocean whatever that group was uh reach out to jim cameron apparently he's the only can go down there 10 times and still be alive
0: well james carbon smart other people are dumb yeah. All right, guys. But this has been the Halloween. Oh, Halloween. Jesus, Jerry. Damn you. I've been doing a lot you. of my, preparation.
1: My bullshit meter?
0: Yeah, here we go. I'll give myself <laughs> a bullshit. We'll add it to the Warrens. There you go. There we go. All right. This has been the Hard Shot Podcast. We're out every Monday. Subscribe on YouTube. We will see you next week. Goodbye.
7: Oh,